You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Cubs fans, and welcome to the Locked On Cubs podcast. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen. You can follow me on Twitter. That's at Joe Kilgallen. Give this great podcast a follow as well. That's at Locked On Cubs. Got a lot of fun stuff to talk about right in the high. The Cubs won again over the San Diego Padres, taking two out of three, beating old friend Yu Darvish. We'll break down that game. Also, uh, talk a little bit about what the roster may look like. Some, some moving parts are happening right now, so we'll get into some fun stuff there. And also, I will uh, give some shout-outs to some of my favorite people I've been interacting with on Twitter. That's on the Lockdown Cubs account. And let's praise the bullpen some more, shall we? We can't praise that bullpen enough. They've been that good. Some interesting stats to bring your way. All right, Cubs fans, uh, this podcast is brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero, the first ever daily fantasy sports book that gives the player the advantage. Go to stathero.com slash lockdown for 300% back on your first play. Wow, can't beat that. All right, the Cubs had a day game. Finally, finally on the West Coast, we get a little daytime action. Oh, man, I, I'm a big California fan. It's a beautiful state, but I dread it when my teams have to go play there since living in Chicago because it's just too many late games. I know some of you are like, what are you, 100 years old? Lately, I am. I have a four-year-old son and a two-year-old son, so I am basically a 100-year-old man on certain days. And, you know, it's just it's a little rough. So it's nice to get a little daytime action in. I'm, I'm recording this podcast at a decent hour. So I'm excited. Let's talk about Jake Arietta. This was an important start for Jake Arietta, as important as a start could be in June for a player, mainly because Jake has been scuffling. He has not been looking good the last few outings. And before that, even even before that, he was doing like an every other start type of deal. Since coming off the IL, he came off the IL with a real nice start against Detroit, two earned over six innings. And the next outing was just, eh. then the next outing was like, okay, pretty good. So you weren't sure which Jake you were going to get a real a Dr. Jake and Mr. Hyde type of situation. Right. And we needed the good Jake because this was before Adbert went on the IL, but I remember thinking to myself, all right, Trevor Williams is out with an appendicitis. So, you know, he's probably going to miss a few starts. But then they sent Cole Stewart back down after he made two starts replacing Trevor Williams. So Trevor Williams is on his way. And I remember thinking to myself, well, if Jake is going to keep being a guy who's giving you two or three innings, that can't continue for long. So I stated after Jake's last start on this podcast that this next start is going to be a pivotal, pivotal, a pivotal one for Jake Arietta. I had some orange chicken right before this one, and I probably should have flossed before jumping on a microphone. Little uh, word to the wise, any future broadcasters out there, a little uh, certain dishes you want to floss before you start talking into a microphone. So I'm, I'm warning you ahead of time. If I if I stutter again, it's, blame the orange chicken. Now I I'm going to take credit. I'm going to take credit for Jake's start today because I did the same thing with Trevor Williams. I said if Trevor Williams has another dud of an outing, he's bullpen bound or who knows, maybe DFA in his case or back to AAA. Jake a little different. He's getting paid handsomely enough where they weren't going to cut him of course but they definitely might have said hey we're going to skip a turn we're going to figure out some mechanical issues with you uh maybe you're gonna be the long man for a little bit you take on that mills role at the time because mills wasn't back from the from his injury yet although he is back now and i and i said on this podcast i said i said jake jake where are you jake we need you we need you to be the jake you were 
in the beginning of the year when we were playing terrible, but you were good. Remember in April when the Cubs were awful, but Jake Arrieta, it was like Bryant, Kimbrell, and Arietta were like the three stars. If you guys are hockey fans, you know they do the three stars of the night after each game. That was our three stars for the month of April. And then Arietta got had the finger thing, went in the IL for 10 days, came back and and looked much, much better. He uh he he showed up today. He showed up today. This was a, a marquee matchup that had some some significance in terms of off the field stuff. It, you know what I mean? Because you Darvish, it was his first start against uh, us since we traded him in the off season. And a lot of Cubs fans still love you. I still love you Darvish. What's not to like the guy was a big personality and pitched great for us starting in the second half of the 2019 season. I always want to be a little clear about that. Cause there are some Cubs fans on Twitter who act like you Darvish should have a statue. He was, he was very good for us. And we, and, we shouldn't have traded him. I agree with that. But he doesn't deserve a statue. So let's settle down. Some people like to rewrite history. And you're like, how could you Darvish? You, I'm just like, calm down. You know, if he pitched decent at all in 2018, that would have changed the trajectory of this whole franchise those next few years, if you ask me. Because he was getting $22 million a year. We got nothing out of him. I don't know why I'm going off on this tangent. I love you, Darvish. The 2018 season, though, I go back to it as being such a turning point in so many ways that I think the average fan doesn't even realize because there's so many little tiny domino effects that happened that caused problems going forward in 2019, 2020, budget stuff and uh, the team being cheap. And I'll talk about that. The third segment, I'm going to really look at some roster stuff and and look at what the Cubs should be doing going forward as a buyer. All right, though. But Jake Arrieta, as we know, was a Cub and was crucial for the Cubs winning the 2016 World Series, a big part of our turnaround. The Cubs made that great trade of which they gave Scott Feldman and Steve Clevenger for Jake Arrieta and Pedro Strobe. Thank you, Baltimore. And the Cubs turned Arrieta around. The big difference was in Baltimore, for some reason, the Orioles came up with this notion that throwing the cutter was bad. It was a bad thing, and it led to arm injuries. So they told that there's been a few stars now who have left Baltimore who are absolutely dominating in their new homes. And then Jake was one of those guys. They told him, Hey, don't throw the cutter. We, you got to kind of, he does have a cross body motion a little bit, which is maybe why his velocity has dipped in recent seasons. But overall, like it's just nasty stuff. And the changeup was back and the cutter moved nicely today too. He only gave you five innings. And at this stage of his career, five, six innings is what you're looking for. And really with the Cubs roster is what you're looking for. Because our bullpen, which I will gush about soon, is that dominant that really on certain days you're like, give me five, give me six, and we're okay with that. Now, I know there's the, the concern is we're going to overtax the pen, and that could lead to some injuries, and some guys will just get burnt out when we need them the most. I'm not too worried about it, though, because we have some depth at AAA Iowa that could come up in a bind and, and save the pen or really extend you know, you know, how deep that bullpen is. Robert Stock at AAA the other day started and went four innings. I don't know if they're trying to convert him into a starter, but he was throwing 100, 101 consistently all four innings. Interesting to see what they're going to do with that guy. So I'm not concerned about the bullpen or how the Cubs are handling their pitching. They seem to have figured that out. It's giving me great confidence what they're doing with the pitch lap. So that's been great. Uh, back to the game. You Darvish, uh, seven innings. He ran into some trouble. And uh, well, he got out of it really. So he gives up a, a bomb shot to Jock Peterson, who Jock was having some fun, kind of mocking what Fernando Tatis does, doing like a stutter step around third base. It was good natured fun. I don't think Tatis was upset about it. And how could he be? He's a guy that likes, you know, showmanship. So you got to love it from Jock there. 
And and Jack Peterson, that was a big thing about him when the Cubs signed him. There's like Jack Peterson's a guy who hits elite pitching. We need another guy who's who's good against elite pitchers. And he's shown that. He really against I don't know what it is. He maybe he rises to the occasion or he's just a guy who hits good stuff. But you'd think to yourself, if you could hit you Darvish, you should be able to hit a lot of the bums we face from other teams. Baseball's a strange sport like that. So then in the uh Ian Happ drew a walk. Patrick Wisdom, nice solid bloop single in the right field. It was a good approach, though. You got to give him that. And then uh, Hap goes to third, first and third. Rizzo unfortunately grounds into a double play, but fortunate enough, there was no outs at the time. Ian Hap scores. We take a 2 1 lead. And then a couple innings later, or an inning later, I should say, Sergio Alcantara goes deep, his first career home run. Love to see it out of Sergio. And I think that is basically the nail in the coffin that is Eric Sogard's tenure as a Chicago Cub. Ian Happ started the game at second base, made some really nice defensive plays. So, you know, he looked comfortable there. Ian Happ came up as a second base, and we forget that he was converted to outfield. He did play a little outfield in, in the minors too, but he was mostly a second baseman. So if he's looking comfy there, I think you start him. I mean, I don't think you're going to DFA Sogard until Nico or Bodie are ready to return. But if Hap could play a solid second base and you want, and Javi's got that bruised up thumb, I don't know how long he's going to be out for. So you're going to give Alcantara all the starts there. I just see no reason to ever start Sogard again. You want to have him pinch hit here or there? Fine. Like I've said before on the podcast, his numbers as a pinch hitter is actually hitting over 300. As a player, though, he has a negative uh, wins above replacement player. So he's hurting you every time you put him on the field to start the game. Something to watch out for. Stat Hero, did you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? They're losers. Is it really that surprising? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts like myself, multiple fantasy football champion, not to brag. And these experts have tools and more time than you do. You don't stand a chance. So here's what Stat Hero is going to do for you. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. You name your stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. You are in total control. So go to stathero.com slash locked on, sign up for free. And right now you could get three times back on your first play. That's right. Three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. So go to stathero.com slash locked on again. Stadhero.com slash locked on. Rockauto.com, everyone. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules, brake parts to tall lamps, motor oil, and every new thing you could even think of. Even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your whole vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their, how did you hear about us, box so they know we sent you. 
Amazing selection, reliably low, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Now, before I talk about our great bullpen, I want to give us some fan shout outs uh, to some great people who have been interacting with the Lockdown Cubs podcast on Twitter. Again, if you do not follow this podcast on Twitter, what are, what are you doing? Unless you're just like, I don't like Twitter, then I totally understand that. I, trust me, I get that. There's been plenty of times where I'm like, I got to get off this app. It's there's a lot of negativity there on that app, but it's a lot of fun if you're a sports fan because you get the breaking news and you get to interact with other fans in real time. So that part of it's a lot of fun. And the Lockdown Cubs Twitter will give you some cool stuff. It's it's a good follow, if I if I could brag. Uh, fan shout-outs go to, hopefully I'm pronouncing these names correctly, Skylar uh, Coriel, at Skylar Coriel. Um, this is <laughs> some fun ones. At Adam underscore Christ underscore, underscore boy. Um, and here's another good name. At Catman Smothers. Here's a shy town girl at Christy Kelly zero one three and another dude at Garrett from Iowa. So those five uh, fans on Twitter, you guys are great. Thank you for uh, making Twitter a fun place for the lockdown Cubs account. I really appreciate that. Speaking of Garrett from Iowa, I've got a lot of Iowa listeners, which is really cool. I was in Davenport, Iowa doing a show this past weekend. My mother lives in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Uh, so I got a little bit of an Iowa connection out there. I'll have to, let you guys know when I come back through doing some stand-up comedy. Maybe check out a Cedar Rapids Colonels game or go all the way out to Des Moines and check out those Iowa Cubs. That'd be a lot of fun to think to do, right? All right, the pen. Ryan Tapera is number four in all of baseball in win probability added. Now, that's a fun fan graph stat that basically just weighs the impact of a pitcher has they do it for starting pitching. It's its own category for starters, its own category for hitters, and relievers have their own category in this regard. Basically, it says when this guy shows up, your odds of winning the game are shooting through the roof. He's number four. Number five, our closer, Craig Kimbrell. Number 16, the sheriff, Andrew Chafin. So the Cubs are the only team that have three bullpen arms in the top 20 in that statistic and it just shows you how dominant our bullpen has been now of course i'd like to see our starters take the ball into the seventh inning a little bit more often but if you if it's nice to know it's a beautiful insurance policy and it takes some pressure off uh the cubs manager david ross and and just kind of eases the players knowing that if we get into the sixth inning with the lead we've got a great shot at winning this game it was mentioned on the broadcast today, shout out to my guy Ryan Dempster for bringing this up, how the Kansas City Royals that won the World Series in 2015 were kind of one of the first teams to really implement this strategy. They had a big three at the end of their Holland, uh, Wade Davis, and um, John, I'm forgetting the third name, but those were like automatic. They had the seventh, eighth, and ninth, and then they had a few other shutdown guys who were capable of taking out the sixth inning and even the fifth on occasion. So they didn't have the deepest rotation. But they had a deep bullpen, and it became like a game-over situation. It just shortens the game. So it's such an advantage to have. And, the, and, and Bukshiami added how the Cleveland Indians in 2016 were similar in that stretch, right? Andrew Miller was kind of their guy, though, that they would bring in when it was the most dangerous. When the game was on the line, I just sneezed. I'll, I'll edit that out. Or maybe I won't. Hey, it's real, baby. It's real for you, right? This isn't a fancy radio studio where I got that sneeze cough button that they all have. So Andrew Miller was the guy where it was like, okay, it's the fifth inning, tie game 3-3. Their team is bases loaded, nobody out. We need you to shut them down right here. That was his role. 
And Tapera is kind of looking like that for the Cubs right now. And the Cubs might even be deeper once we're fully healthy. I haven't heard anything about Justin Steele yet. When he comes back, though, that just gives a new element of danger in that Cubs bullpen as far as like scaring the other team into submission. You know what I mean? And I think when teams see that, when they know that they've got to put runs on the board by the sixth inning or their toast, I think that almost helps your starter. Take advantage of them being overly aggressive. Throw some more balls in the dirt. Time up inside. You know what I mean? Pitch in reverse. That that would really, you know, kind of mess with their head a little bit. And I think that's an, it's just top to bottom. It's such a strong thing to have a reliable bullpen like that. You guys know I've been loving Tommy Nance. I already raved about Chafin, Kimberlin, and Tapera. Uh, even a dude that people aren't the biggest fans of for whatever reason. I think it's the name. I've gone over this before. Winkler. It just seems like one of those names where it's like Winkler. I don't trust Winkler, right? I don't know. You have to say it like that too. You know? Hey, who's picking you up from the airport? Oh, Winkler says he's coming. <laughs> All right. He'll be late. Like it just, he has that feel, his name. But there's there's a lot to love. Uh, Keegan Thompson's been great out of the pen. He's a guy that's given you multiple innings. So with that said, the Cubs' main focus should be starting pitching when approaching the trade deadline. That's something that they really have to look to do. And uh, as, or, or maybe you strengthen a strength and get another pen arm? No, no, I, I would take that back as soon as I said that. What I'd like to see the Cubs do is target an ace. They need another top-of-the-rotation guy, someone who can go deep. Because as much as I just bragged about how nice it is to have the bullpen be able to save you early in games, there is that fear of overtaxing them. So come All-Star break, usually, you know, All-Star break's usually around the time stuff starts to shape up as far as trades. And of course, it could go all the way down to the deadline. But that's the time where I think a Max Scherzer, uh, a Jonathan Gray from Colorado is an arm I like a lot. There's a few arms. And I think as we get closer later in June, I'll start to really pinpoint. I, I could do a whole couple segments on who I want to go after and why, and I'll I'll profile them, give you a top to bottom on and why I think they're going to impact the Cubs. And I'm not. And, and you got to look at some other some other factors here. I think sometimes we forget about things. I think if I could look back on the Jose Quintana trade briefly, the Cubs traded Eloy Jimenez, Dylan Cease for uh, Jose Quintana, who wasn't a rental. He had three plus years left on his deal. And was coming off at the time was 12th in the American League and wins above replacement. Everybody's saying we should have got Justin Verlander, but at the time of that deal, Quintana was pitching better than Verlander. He had a much better first half of the season, and the Cubs made that deal coming out of the All Star break. So it made more sense at the time. So I hear a lot of Cubs fans being like, no, they should have got Verlander. Yeah, I would have loved Verlander. Verlander was better that year and took off. But then again, hey, maybe that's some Houston Astros cheating on the pitching side too. I like how everyone ignored that the Astros maybe didn't cheat with their pitchers. Have you, has everyone seen that clip of Garrett Cole? If you have not, look it up. I'm sure it's on YouTube or Facebook now, Twitter, of course, too, Instagram. Garrett Cole has basically asked the question. He got the question. Have you used a certain substance? And he was deer in the headlights. He paused for an awkward, and I do mean awkward amount of time. I'll give you an example. That, that feels weird a little bit, right? And that wasn't even that long. He was way longer than that. Had this look on his face, like, how do I get out of this one? Like, what do I do? I make something up? Do I say, I didn't hear you? And then as he starts to speak, go, all right, that's good to see everybody. Okay. You know what I mean? He got, he, you would have thought his wife was saying, did you cheat on me? And he 
just froze where it's like clearly he was, you know, because otherwise you'd be like, no, of course not. Where'd you get that from? I'm insulted by the question. Who, who's telling you these things? What I do is natural up there. Okay. Is that what you're going to do now? Are reporters going to go after all the best pitchers in the league? Maybe we've been working our butts off all off season and technology has taught us different grips. And now we know what we're doing with pitches a little bit better, right? Training, nutrition, all these advancements. Sorry that the hitters can't keep up, but this has happened in baseball before. And the 60s pitchers were dominated. Everyone assumed they were cheating. They probably were. Probably doing the old spitball back then, you know? I think that's just sports in general. But when it gets out of hand is when you need to rein it in. Because then the product is being questioned. And baseball is in a weird spot right now. I mean, there are more strikeouts than singles, than hits in general. Batting average is at, across the league is at an all-time low. It's just not good for the sport. But again, check out Garrett Cole because it's actually pretty hilarious. He starts just going on about like things being passed on from generation to generation. And then at one point, you, you swear he was just going to start reciting a poem. And you almost want to be like, Garrett, Garrett. And he'd be like, excuse me, what? Oh, yeah. Where am I? What happened? I blacked out. Are we, are we, still, are we still on the air? Like it was, it was hilarious. I definitely recommend you guys checking it out. Bet online, everyone. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. It's June. It is June already. Can you believe that? June of 2021. This is crazy. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. They probably have one of those Logan, Jake things. Jake, Logan, those those twin brothers. Are they twins? Are they just... They're close in age and both have goofy blonde hair. Something like that. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news sign for bonuses and contest information. Don't send the sidelines anymore. Get in the game. Have some fun. Spice it up a little bit. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. I'll say that again. 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. All right, Cubs fans, here's a point I really want to drive home here in our final segment. And again, thank you for listening to the Lockdown Cubs podcast. I love doing it. I hope you love listening to it. And our Cubs are rolling. At the time I've recorded this, the Reds, the Cincinnati Reds had a lead over the Brewers. So hopefully come morning time when you're all listening to this on your commute to work or, you know, just just you're at the gym. You're getting a good pump on. Right. You got the Lockdown Cubs podcast in your ears. Hopefully the Cubs will be in sole possession of first place in the NL Central. These Brewers, again, I'm not afraid of them. I'm not. They've been winning lately, and they are hot. They've got a, a nasty bullpen, but then they've got players like Jackie Bradley Jr., who's just been awful. Colton, Colton Wong, he's he's been Colton Wong. Great defense at second. Slightly above average hitter, very slightly. I mentioned these two in particular because there was a lot of Cubs fans in the offseason who really wanted Colton Wong and Jackie Bradley Jr., I was not part of that because Jackie Bradley Jr. is a high strikeout guy. I'm sure, he's a great glove in center field, but we had enough high strikeout guys. And Colton Wong, even in his best years, was only slightly above average. I thought to myself, $12 million for, for a guy who I think Nico Horner is going to be better than this upcoming season. And Nico was. Granted, they didn't start Nico right away. That's a whole other thing that eventually I will dive into a little bit more. Maybe it worked out. Maybe sending Nico down to AAA to start the season put a chip on his shoulder and he showed up gangbusters hitting everything in sight like he was until a couple unfortunate IL stints, which hopefully he'll be back soon. But I think the point I want to drive home is talking about the roster and where it could be 
for a postseason run. Because I believe this is a postseason roster currently constructed. The Cubs have October talent on their roster right now. Don't let any of the pundits try to tell you, oh, this is they had a hot May because they played bad. No, we've played the best and we've beaten them up. The San Francisco Giants are the only winning team. I guess the Brewers are over 500 now too, but the Giants, yeah, we lost three out of four to them. But the Padres, we won five out of six, swept the Dodgers, swept the Mets, took two out of three from the Cardinals. The Cubs have played the best in the National League, and we've shown them who still wears the crown in the NL Central, and it's the Cubs. Now, here's where I do have faith in the Cubs. There's a lot of things I have faith in, in terms of how this team runs its uh, day-to-day operations, I suppose. David Ross, I believe, is a very, very good manager. I think he's great in a lot of ways. I do. I think he's a great manager. For someone who's managed, what, less than, it's less than a full season. It was only 60 games last year, and we're about, what, 70 games or so into this season? Or not even. I think we're about 70. Phenomenal. Had his team in first place through most of that. He's gotten his team up off the off the ground, too. Most teams, after an abysmal April, they roll over and die. Not the Cubs. And that you have to credit to David Ross. And I think the main thing you judge a manager on is how he handles the bullpen. Cubs are the best bullpen in baseball, basically. Definitely the best in the National League. So you have to give David Ross kudos. You have to tip your hat and say, you know, Grandpa Ross, you're killing it right now. Love that guy. So I have faith there. Jed Hoyer, Cubs president of baseball operations now, former general manager. I guess the Cubs technically don't have a general manager right now, whatever. I do have faith with for, in him. I do. I was thinking about the Cubs and their roster and the moves they had made over the last few seasons. You Darvish at the time, you know, again, I, I mentioned this in the beginning of the podcast, had a rough 2018. And it did kind of have a weird little domino effect with how the roster was constructed and how they'd use payroll. Because I really believe that, you know, he he was banged up and, in 2018, and when he pitched, he wasn't good. So that led to us acquiring Cole Hamels, who was very good for us when we picked him up. But picking up his options was expensive. They picked it up because they didn't know what you Darvish they were going to get. It was kind of an insurance policy. Because of that, they were kind of rolling the dice on the offense, figuring it out, even though at the time it was pretty clear that the offense needed a, a little diversity as far as plate approach goes. And, you know, it didn't work out really. They would have, they needed to, and but they did identify the need. Remember in 2019? Who did we trade for in 2019, everyone? Do you remember? Nick Castellanos, big stick Nick, who just fit with the Cubs perfectly. Loved being a Cub, loved Cubs fans, loved Wrigley Field, wanted to continue to be a Chicago Cub. He was phenomenal down the stretch for us in 2019. You know, it didn't work out. We didn't make the playoffs. We all know, you know, don't need to dwell on the past too much. But this team, this front office knows how to identify talent. Because I just mentioned you, Darvish. Again, bad 2018 aside, was an elite pitcher. Runner-up in the Cy Young in 2020. Should have won it, if you ask me. Right now, he's also a Cy Young candidate. This is an ace who had a bad first season with the team that caused a lot of people to write him off. It led ownership to believe that, oh, I can't trust Theo to spend any more money. That's really the vibe I got because they trust him to spend away. Yeah, the Jason Hayward contract turned out to be a blemish, although great speech led to a ring, right? Got to love that. But still, Jason Hayward was 26 years old coming off of a six-war season. Every team in baseball wanted him. The Cubs were the fourth highest bidder, and he chose us. He had three higher offers. 
and it just didn't work out. That happens in free agency. The best general managers will make a good signing and then it doesn't work out. That doesn't mean it was a bad signing necessarily, you know? Because think about it right now. Say Mike Trout becomes available. The Cubs trade minimal prospects for him by some miracle. And then Mike Trout's terrible the rest of his career. Is that a bad trade? No, you do that trade every time. You there's, you know, sometimes the outcome isn't what you expected, but it was still a, a good plan. You know what I mean? You that's a thing that that's a life lesson, not just a baseball lesson. You could do all those right things, but still get the wrong result. It's unfortunate, but it's true. Now, the point I'm trying to drive home the most is that what my concern is, is ownership going to live up to their end of the bargain? Because again, this this front office under Jed and under Theo, of course, got to give him credit, knows how, how to identify talent. They picked up Nick Castellanos, who currently is one of the best hitters in all of baseball. He's a top five hitter in the game right now. You Darvish is a top five pitcher in the game. These are players that this front office picked up, but they weren't able to retain them because why? Money, ownership. Nick Castellanos wanted to stay a Cub. He waited as long as possible for the Cubs to try to free up some money, which I mentioned on the last last podcast was very difficult to do when your ownership's telling the world they're broke. Again, I use the analogy. If I'm trying to sell my house, Hey, give me 500 grand. My house isn't worth that much. I'm just using it as a nice round number. Give me $500,000. Oh, by the way, I need to sell this house tomorrow. Nobody's offering me $500,000. The Cubs went around saying we're dead broke. So because of that, everyone knew they were trying to unload contracts. They weren't getting fair value in trades. Like, oh, you're desperate to get rid of that contract? You think I'm giving you a top 50 prospect? Get out of here. Not happening. So my my faith, I got faith in David Ross's manager. I've got faith in Jed Hoyer. Tom Ricketts, at a time, I did have a lot of faith in, in him and the whole ownership group, but the last few years, they've made decisions that are just bang your head off the wall dumb. Letting go of certain pieces of talent, you know, still being in a competitive window and just reeling back spending completely. These are just colossal mistakes that as Cubs fans, we really should not accept. Highest ticket prices in baseball, capacities at 100% starting this weekend. We need to hold ownership to the fire. Because they need to win our faith back right now. I like to believe that they're going to start spending all the money again, like they were in previous off seasons. I believe that's coming and it should be coming this off season instead of them going, Oh, but wait, if we're not in it, we could trade all these guys and load up on prospects and be cheap for a year or two. When really we know it's just us trying to get money back that we lost in the pandemic. By the way, lost in the pandemic means they didn't make as much as they thought. They'd actually lose the money. If you pre- predict I'm going to make $300 million this year as a baseball team, but you only make 180, you didn't lose $120 million. It's money not realized, not money lost. But they, of course, they like to fudge that up a little bit. But Tom Ricketts, buddy, be that guy you were. Be the guy that was walking around Wrigley Field on game day, shaking hands, kissing babies. Now you're not there. I haven't seen him. In, I haven't seen a picture of Tom Ricketts at the ballpark. Was he even there on opening day? I'm not sure. He doesn't want to face the crowd. He doesn't want the backlash. But you could change that. You could write that ship. Give Jed Hoyer permission to go get an ace to a Max Scherzer, Jonathan Gray, or John Gray, I should say, actually. It should be Jonathan. It flows better. Give him that permission to go out there in the offseason. Extend, extend KB before the offseason. Rizzo, you know what I mean? Do these things. You could be the hero again. You could be the Iron Man snapping the fingers. Spoiler alert if you didn't see Endgame yet. You could do that. That's within your grasp. So, so please, if you're listening, be smart enough and reward us Cubs fans 
for our blind loyalty that we still have for this beloved team. All right, everyone, that's been the Lockdown Cubs podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Go ahead and check out my YouTube channel if you're curious about my stand-up comedy. It's pretty good. Not for kids. It's pretty good, though. And uh, we'll be back. I'm doing a little preview with the Lockdown Cardinals podcast. We'll be hearing that. And again, if you want to write a review on iTunes, that goes a long way. And as always, we like to end this podcast by saying, go Cubs. Check out Locked On Today, everybody. Get all your sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen to your podcasts.